0: Hello and welcome back to this, the Nostalgia FC podcast, with your hosts, me, Drew Hollins roberts And me, George Thomas. This is the podcast where we delve deep into the recesses of footballing history and obscure players. So each week we'll get a guest on to
1: name their favourite starting 11, that could be from stars we see on the TV or just someone they played with in Sunday League. They will then name their super sub, their favourite manager, their favourite kit and their favourite stadium.
0: Yeah, and this week's guest is a previous name mentioned on a podcast. He appeared as a centre-back in the first episode for Owen Quilter. It is the one and only Harry Thomas. So, before we go into Harry's team, we shall have to address something that's happened in the world of football. Now, we said we wouldn't yeah, do this. Yeah, we said we wouldn't do this to ourselves. We said we weren't a current affairs football podcast. However, George, <laughs> can you please explain... The huge news has occurred to you that you were a massive part of, actually.
1: Yeah, so my boyhood club, Wrexham AFC, have now been... Well, it's not fully gone ahead, but basically the Sports trust have uh, allowed it to go ahead for Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKelleny to purchase the club, which is insane. Like, actually insane. I can't believe it.
0: It is absolutely mental. A lot of people are going mad about the Ryan Reynolds aspect of this, but I'll be completely honest, I am more excited about Rob McKelleny because oh, it's always sunny in, yeah. in Philadelphia is hands down my favourite television show of all time. If not for this football podcast, I'd probably try and do an Always Sunny podcast. Because- He's
1: actually, so so. a little insight here. I, I was part of the uh, Wrexham Supporters Trust. Still am, sorry, who owned the club previously before these two. And we got to watch a Zoom call with them where they did like a pitch uh, to us about buying the club and then I think 70 Five percent had to be for it in the vote, but Rob McKelney seemed like the one who was more devoted to it, and he really wants to throw himself into this, which is really interesting. I think uh, as soon as he follows a team, he absolutely loves it to death. You can already see it on his Twitter.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I did see that he and Ryan Reynolds got a majority of ninety-one point eight percent, I think, in the vote. <laughs> is-
1: yes, yeah, I and I will as much as much as it was amazing being part owner of your boyhood club, I will 100% say I voted for it because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity.
0: Even if they weren't
1: you know, big Hollywood stars, the way they spoke about it and what they wanted to do and the money they're gonna throw into it is just gonna help so much. So yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. The video they released yeah. in Ryan Reynolds saying, <laughs> Ivor Williams in a Irish accent for some reason
1: he says evor isn't he evor
0: yeah. that's what he's saying it he? he's E-ford. not saying it in a welsh accent <laughs> yeah it's a hilarious video uh, obviously at the time we recording this podcast it is fresh news by the time that's you happened yesterday hear, by the time you all hear this it will be about 2 weeks old but yeah, yeah it's big news big news for george the, um,
1: me and sorry 2 weeks ago uh, guest my dad also bought aviation gin which is ryan Reynolds' gin company to celebrate
0: there you go there so you george go. is going to go in next to aviation gin Whilst we crack and we'll on, be right back. <laughs> and we'll be right back with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Style Draft for Harry Thomas. So, without further ado, let's bring him in.
2: Harry Thomas, how you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm very good. Thanks. I'm excited to be a guest on my favorite podcast. Oh, favorite podcast. <laughs> high praise.
0: That's nice. <laughs> Even though we slated you on the first episode, I appreciate it. You did. did. I, I can look past that. I say we, it was exclusively me, but I'll stand by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so, also,
1: I, if people don't remember as well, Harry was the, the person who created the assist to the assist, which is uh, a big thing.
0: That actually yeah. got me and Harry a mention on the Peter Crouch podcast, where I sent it in as an email for them to discuss. And then they ended up backing Harry up, which I didn't really see happening. But there yeah, you. there
2: was two out of three of them backed me. The one that didn't back me was actually Peter Crouch, wasn't it? Yeah. But, um, Chris Stark did call me um, a shit house and a cocky little prick. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, that's a proud moments in my life.
1: I mean, he knows you well. Fair play. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Great praise from uh, <laughs> a radio personality.
2: Right, so Harry. Big football fan. Who do you support? support Manchester United and Wales. Perfect. That is actually the
0: second of four guests we've had that are United and Wales fans. need sure <laughs> to get some, uh, a better pool of selecting people. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. So, um, yeah, big United fan. We all know that. Big Wales fan. We're all on board with that because we are too. So we really appreciate that. So before we dive in to the
2: actual bulk of your team, can you please tell us your formation? All right, so I've gone with the formation that I believe is the best formation in football uh, with the four-two-three-one. I believe it gives nice. stability on defence and extra options in attack.
0: You are the first person to only have one striker, which is interesting.
2: Yes, I, I've always been a fan of just having one striker and three kind of attacking midfielders or one central attacking midfielder and two, the other two attacking midfielders, kind of like wingers sort of thing.
1: I was going to say, they're more wingers. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we'll, uh, we'll do as we always do, and we'll start at the back. So do you want to tell us your goalkeeper, Harry?
2: My goalkeeper is Owen Quilter. So in the first podcast that you did, he put me in his team, but that is not the reason I've put him in my team. He, I've put him in my team because he is an absolute cat. Um, <laughs> he mentioned that I was in his team because um, he'd never had so many clean sheets before. But I could also say the same about him. I've never had so many clean sheets I'm playing anyone else other than him. Um, sometimes I have purposely let people get past me just um, so Owen has something to do because I'm confident that he'll always save it. That's a blatant lie. That's,
1: that, that's a lie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't play for the same team, we might let you get away with that, but we do. <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I'll back you up on that one and a sneak preview to my team when that episode comes around. Owen Quilter also appears in my team. Because, as Harry said, he is a cat. And if you were looking at him, you wouldn't think this guy's a good goalkeeper.
1: No offense, Owen? <laughs>
0: no, I mean it as offensive. Uh, <laughs> but when you see him play football, it is absolutely unreal. Useless with his feet, can't kick a ball for Toffee, but kick a ball at him and it will not go past him. It's unbelievable what he can do in a goal.
1: It's ridiculous reflexes,
2: isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, with Owen, I found that um, he does something that not many non-professional goalkeepers do: in the fact that he is always happy to use any part of his body to save the ball, whether it's his face or his, you know, and literally anything.
1: Yeah. That's resulted in a lot of broken noses for him. Yeah.
2: Well. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We referenced <laughs> that
0: on his podcast as well.
2: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic
0: choice for a goalkeeper, and not yeah. enough, not enough people in this world know about the wonders of Owen Quintero as a goalkeeper. Yeah. And as he calls himself, El Gato, which I believe means the cat in Spanish. No one, just so we we'll just address this. Nobody gave him that nickname. He gave it himself.
1: I was going to say, I didn't even know it meant the cat, to be honest. I just sort of went with it.
0: <laughs> I only know that because uh, he, on Twitter, his name was El Gato for a while, and he put a cat emoji next to it. So I made an assumption that's what it meant. <laughs> uh, there you go. Right then, Harry. skills. Great start with Owen Quilter. Podcast alumni. Big fan <laughs>
2: Who's your right back? All right. So I've gone with a man from Newport in Chris Gunter. Ooh. So the first Wales game that I ever went to uh, was Wales versus New Zealand in 2007. And that was also the game where Chris Gunter made his debut for Wales. And that was in Wrexham at the race course. Uh, So I believe, yeah, finished 2-2. Craig Bellamy scored um, both of our goals, I think. Um, and we had, we had, there was a good crowd there I think there was 7,000 of the 10,000 capacity oh, you were one of them Drew <laughs> yeah fun fact me and George were also at that game
1: uh, yeah I was going to say <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, it's also the only game that we used that um, white kit with the um, one shoulder was green the other shoulder was red wasn't it and I yeah. absolutely loved that kit
0: yeah, the kappa kit wasn't it yeah lovely yeah. I, what, the champion
2: I think it was champion yeah
0: yeah sorry my mistake it was champion
2: yeah, I was um, to get that. yeah, so Chris Gunter has then gone on to make 98 caps uh, for Wales and he is now our most capped player. And actually, we, we play, is it tonight that we're playing in Finland? I love yes. the day this has been recorded. Yes. Yeah, it is. yeah um, so if he plays tonight, he goes on to 99 caps. And I hope, I hope he does make it to 100 caps because Wales are the only home nation that don't have a player with over 100 caps. All right. right? Yeah. There you go. That's a good fact, that. It's research. You know, in the, same, in the same game, I think, I think Wayne Hennessy came on at half-time to make his debut in that same game, uh, because Danny Coyne started that game. Danny Coyne. Danny Coyne.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great choice. My favourite ever story about Chris Gunter, at the Euros against Belgium, 2-1, yeah. 88th minute. And if you've ever seen the uh, Don't Take Me Home documentary, it's a great documentary. I'd recommend it to any football fan, even if you're not a Wales fan. Just watch that, and it'll show you why it means so much to so many people in Wales. But the Chris Coleman was sort of on the sideline as Chris Gunter gets the ball on the wing, and you can see him mouth. Don't you cross that fucking ball, Chris? And <laughs> obviously he does cross it. Sam Vokes bangs in the header. We go through the rest is history. But yeah, love Chris Gunter. Obviously he's um, a big part he's of that a little uh, yeah. He's a big part of that little uh, click in the Wales squad with Hennessy and Bale, all the old guard the golden generation of Welsh football. So hopefully he can help bring on the new generation of Welsh football.
2: Yeah, great choice, Harry, great choice.
1: All right, so that's your uh, one of your full-backs. Do you want to go with the other fullback, or do you want to go into the middle uh, with your centre-backs?
2: I'd like to go across, so I'll start, go with the centre-backs and then hit a the full-back. Uh, so my first centre-back is an American. Uh, he was the first overall pick in the 2006 MLS draft and it was New York Metro Stars um, that drafted him, who are now known as New York Red Bulls. Uh, he is retired. He is currently an assistant coach for the John Woods Community College Blazers men's team. Um, and his name is Marvel Wynn. Marvel uh, Wynn. Marvel Wynn. Uh, so the reason he is in my team is because I had his FIFA Ultimate Team card on FIFA 13, right? He played for the Colorado Rapids at the time, and he was a silver card, only 66 rated. But as a centre back, he had 96 pace.
1: <laughs> I I actually remember I remember that exact card because yeah. I came up against him so much <laughs> and he's so difficult. I never I never managed to get enough coins to get him. But
0: like,
2: <laughs> honestly, he's the most overpowered player I have ever used on any FIFA. That is a good enough reason of any to put him in your favourite eleven of all time. Also, a fun fact about him, his dad, also named Marvel Wynne, was a Major League Baseball player. Oh, so technically he's Marvel Wynne
0: Jr. Yeah. To be fair, that's great, because if you just read this on paper, it just sounds like you're picking a bunch of Welsh players. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right, so that's quite a good obscure reason to pick a centre-back. Who is your
2: other centre-back? Right, so I've gone with John Terry, but not for the reason that he was a good centre-back, um, as I actually do think he is a, an overrated centre-back. Okay, fact, I, I would not even put him in the top five um, centre-backs in Premier League history. All right, let's go, on a little, let's go on a little tangent
0: here. Who are your top five centre-backs
2: in Premier <laughs> <in> history? <laughs> well, I could name even three United centre-backs that have been better than him. Go on, I want, oh, it, I want, I want it. Okay, I want the top list. five. So I'll go Yapstam, Njimani Vidic, yeah. Rio Ferdinand, we go with Tony Adams and Sol Campbell. And I think they're all a full league above of what John Terry was. All right. Um, I assume you mispronounced... <laughs> you lost me at Sol
1: Campbell. <laughs> yeah, you, mis- you
0: mispronounced Virgil van Dijk in there somewhere, but we'll let you off. Ah, he's not done enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's not done enough.
0: I think in the future he'll be in there, but not yet. Right, so
2: why is John Terry in so, your team? I can right. guess the reason, but I want you to... Stop. <laughs> Did either of you watch the 2008 Champions League final? Oh
1: my God. No, <laughs> Harry,
2: please explain what happened. <laughs> right, so the game finished 1-1 um, after goals by Cristiano Ronaldo and Frank Lampard. Uh, so it went to penalty shootout and Cristiano Ronaldo missed the third penalty in the game. So by the time it got to the fifth penalty... It was 4-4, and John Terry had the chance to um, score the winning penalty for Chelsea. But he slipped, shanked the penalty and hit the post, um, and that put the penalties into sudden death. So Anderson and Kalu both scored, um, and then it was up to Anelka to um, bring it to the next round of sudden death. But van der Sar made one of the best penalty saves I've ever seen, and at the end of that, you saw John Terry crying his eyes out. And I've never taken so much pleasure from watching a grown man cry. I could watch it all day long. So, for that reason, he is in my team.
0: You absolute savage. Oh, my
2: savage.
1: word. Oh my <laughs> word. I, do, I, can, I can clarify as well that was one of the greatest moments I ever watched <laughs> football, just watching him <laughs> slip. And was, like, that's horrible, horrible enough, to say about another player. But...
0: Not enough people talk about that slip. Everyone goes on about Gerard's slip, which is fair enough. Was yeah. Bad cost of for the league, but to be fair, the league was already gone at that point. But the Terry <laughs> slip, yeah, was underrated as a slip in football and history.
1: While we're like bad mouthing John Terry, who, when they're injured and doesn't play in the game, gets dressed up in the kit just to accept the trophy, like Jordan Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I so disagree with it. I don't, there's something about it, it's just
0: to be honest, I think. If you think about Champions League, I know teams have won it multiple times, but yeah. that was the only time that John Terry won it. And I, I, he gets a lot of stick for it, but I'd be honest, I'd be the same. If he's played the whole tournament and he misses that one game, and then it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, because he was coming towards the end of his career at that point, he was in his early 30s, I think. If you're given the opportunity to lift the Champions League trophy with all of your teammates, all your pals and you turn up Rock in a suit, you just look out of place. I'm, I'm with him. I, 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 wouldn't suit it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't wear a Chelsea uh-huh. kit. I wouldn't wear a Chelsea kit because of the rank, but I would, I would go with my pals and lift a trophy.
2: Yeah, I agree with Drew on that one. All
1: right, fair enough.
2: Yeah, so shut up, George.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I disagree. I still think it, I don't know. So just to finish off your defensive line, who is your other fullback, Harry?
2: Right. So my left back is the probably less than competent Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Boris Johnson. Oh,
1: my God. What?
2: Right. So everyone praises Winston Churchill for taking down Germans in World War Two. But if they remember, if they watched a charity game between the England and Germany legends in 2006, they will see that he is not the only Prime Minister who has ever taken down a German.
0: What so an anecdote that! What you, you've definitely written that down.
1: <laughs> How long
0: so, did that then, take you? Just wait until to get
2: your team ready. <laughs> I, I was I was struggling for left back. It was the only position that I was struggling for, and then <laughs>
0: <laughs> you Boris Johnson. Oh my god!
2: <laughs> have you have you seen the challenge that he made on the Yeah, uh, It's not even the challenge he throws over. But do you know what? He actually like a quote by Boris Johnson afterwards was: "There was no malice in my actions. I was going for the ball with my head, which I understand is a legitimate move in soccer." <laughs>
1: <laughs> in soccer. What he called it? Soccer.
2: He did call it soccer. Of course oh, he did. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: well, that's the first Tory we put in a team. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that we know of.
0: That's true. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's a fantastic uh, football clip. I'll
2: give you that. I don't know. If, I don't know if that makes him a left back. But He was wearing the number 10 shirt at the time, but when he made the challenge, he was playing in left back.
1: <laughs> what do you reckon was the better um, sporting moment in uh, for Boris Johnson? Was it that? Or have you seen the rugby one?
2: Yes. Against when was... the little kid
1: where he just yeah. <laughs> stiff arms him out of the way.
0: <laughs> it's either that or the zip line when he gets stuck in the middle. That was a good one. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Imagine if... Later on, after seeing all those moments, imagine then still voting for him. <laughs> sure. He's, yeah. he's a better comedian than he is a politician. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. Right. I feel like we're going into dangerous territory here. Yeah, nice yeah let any, If anyone's a Tory and listening to this, stop. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move think- into the midfield. So you've gone 4 3 one So I'm assuming the two are defensive
2: midfielders or are they just, what are they? N- no. Uh, they are both, actually, well, I'm gonna, I am want to reel them both at the same time because they're both in the team for the exact same reason. Okay. Uh, so as a player and spectator, the part of the game that I appreciate most are players who have the ability to pass with um, quality. So I have put Paul Scholes and Andrea Pirlo in the center of my midfield. Um, I believe that passing, you know, great pass assists are equally as important as goals. And they are, you know, a great, a great pass <laughs> is almost as exciting to watch as a great goal. Um, so they're the two, in my opinion, the two best passers in the history of the game. And if I had to choose an idol in football, a, a role model, a player who I wanted to be like, it would probably, I, I would struggle to choose between Pirlo and Paul goals. Um, I did want to have Joe Allen in my midfield, uh, but I just could not choose between and um, just put in one of Skulls and um, Pirlo in there, so I had to put both of them in there. Well, Joe Allen yeah. is
0: just the Welsh equivalent to Skulls and Pirlo, isn't he? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love I love that story about Paul Skulls where um, I think it's Ronaldo's story, where he was like, Ronaldo would always be doing tricks on the training pitch and stuff like that, and Skulls would just put a ball down, point at a tree that's like, fifty yards away and just hit it with precision and like three times in a row. Or something.
0: Why were United yeah. training in the woods? <laughs> I don't
1: know. That's that's one thing because Rio Ferdinand has also said I think it's I think it's Rio and Ronaldo have both said that story and there's a tree in it for some reason. So Fair I don't know where they were training.
0: Well I can't argue with any points there because Paul Scholes, as much as I disliked him as a player <laughs> uh, as you said, one of the best passes to ever play the game mm-hmm. and with yeah. Perlo as well, both pretty much have the exact same skill set in that they don't move very much, but they'll ping a ball all day long. Won't really move out the center circle too much. Occasionally, for a forward, bang a goal in, but for the most part, they'll sit in the middle, ping the ball, left, right, anywhere you want it. They'll put it on a plate. Great players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean,
1: Scholes couldn't tackle for shit though, could he?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I saw an uh, interesting thing about Scholes with actually. He said that when he came out of retirement for that one season to play for United, initially he bought he went to a charity shop and bought himself a pair of boots 50 quid and he was just playing with these old Nike boots and then he got to training and someone was like oh are they real Nike boots he's like I don't know just bought them from a the charity shop <laughs> then eventually to another night got him some boots for free but <laughs> initially yeah. just that kind of guy was like yeah I just like to play football don't care what's yeah. on my feet don't care yeah. what I'm doing just give me the ball I'll pass it
2: so, yeah, great player. Yeah, well, uh, Xavi, Thierry Henry and Zidane have all said that he's the best central midfielder of his generation. And I, I would probably have to gr- agree. And Pele, who is one of the greatest footballers in the history of the game, said, if he was playing with me, I would have scored so many more as well. So.
1: Yeah, this, this comes back uh, quite nicely to Carlum's episode last week as well. Because Gerard came up in his team. You said between in that uh, debate of you know who's the best midfielder, Scholes, uh, Gerard, or Lampard. You said Gerard, and I know it makes sense that we go for our own players, but I absolutely say Scholes, and I think Scholes is so underrated as well when people talk about sort of midfielders yeah. some of the best midfielders in the world.
0: Well, that's the exact point that I made, wasn't it? It was that yeah, you can you could this argument will never die because fans of United, Liverpool, and Chelsea will never not back their own player. Yeah. I can see the benefits of Paul Scholes, I think he's a great player, what he did, but. He was more of a one-trick pony, almost. Not that the one trick he can do isn't amazing, because it is, I agree, one of the best players yeah, ever. But then, That's the other
1: thing, because they're, they're completely different players, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. And that's why know? I
0: don't think it's a fair comparison. Same with
1: Lampard as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're all different players. You know, Just so happened that Gerald was the best one. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Andrea Pirlo, any particular team he was playing on or just
2: his whole career? His whole career I, with with Pirlo, I feel like he was underrated because players who play with the style that he plays in, well, stats don't benefit them because even if they don't get many goals, even if they don't direct, get many many direct assists, like and it's the plays they make building up to the goals that are like I I just love to watch. So even though like stats for players like Pirlo aren't that great, he's still one of the most entertaining footballers that I've ever watched.
0: Yeah, I think it brings up an interesting debate really of whether you consider stats to be important when you reflect on a player's career. I personally don't because I know that some of the best players to ever play the game, necessarily their stats aren't as good. But if you told me now that like, if you're comparing strikers in the Premier League and you had a choice between like Jermaine Defoe and Romelu Lukaku, maybe this is a bad example because I don't know the exact stats, but Let's say Lukaku's got more goals. You wouldn't then say, who's the better Premier League striker? You probably wouldn't say Lukaku. You'd say Defoe because Defoe has been around, done it everywhere. Whereas Lukaku did it for a few seasons and left. You know what I mean? So I think the stats can be misleading sometimes. So I agree with what you say with Pirlo where the stats don't reflect on how good he was. Consider won multiple Serie A titles, multiple... Uh, Copper Italia's he won the World Cup for Italy yeah he was a big, played a big part yeah. in that. I think just, a lot of people forget about Perlo is that they just consider him a Juventus player when really he did most of his work yeah AC Milan in one of the best teams I've ever seen with like Kaká and Dida, Cafu, Perlo, Betuso, Seedorf that team was incredible and he was obviously a big part of that team so yeah amazing player
1: yeah, you do lose. You do lose players like Pirlo and that sort of thing because obviously the strikers get a lot of the glory, don't they? Yeah, for sure. But you can't. You can't win titles and like be the best te- sort of teams in the world without players like him.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Uh, absolutely. Right then,
2: centre mids in the bag. Where are we going? So we'll go for my right winger. And I have got someone that we have played with in Alad Osborne. (laughs) Alad Osborne, go on Al. Right, so he plays out wide, but he covers the whole pitch. I have never played with someone who does as much running as him in my entire life. He's an absolute engine and does not stop. You know, Whether we're winning 5-0, whether it's a close game, whether we're losing 5-0, he does not stop running, putting everything he's got into it. Plus, um, he does cover well for me when I do the drift forward sometimes because um, he can get back a lot faster than I can. You say, Aled covers up a multitude of sins in our six-a-side team.
0: <laughs> and like you said, he's very much the James Milner character in that he'll play anywhere, plug him in
2: anywhere, and he'll just run all day. Yeah. So um, In the six-a-side games, I do, I do um, like shouting at players quite a lot. And he is, he's a good one to shout at because he'll do whatever you tell him to do. He'll run wherever you tell him to run. Um, so I can make him do the running that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Aled, a very <laughs> loyal servant. He's currently on
0: loan in Australia. So if you listen to this, Al, we love you. Take, it, take care out there, boy. With, with Aled as well, he cannot finish <laughs> at all. I remember it was quite a, a long time before Aled scored his first goal for our six-a-side team. And the goal that he did score was just caused by him running because he just kept running <laughs> and everyone else stopped and then he got the ball one on one with the keeper, which he'd done numerous times before that occasion, and then that one time slotted it in, and we all went mad. I loved it.
1: I remember uh, with you, because you were the only one that was scoring for um, our team for a while, you just told everyone to just hit it, and then I think you regretted that quite a lot after you said it, because the, the shots would go everywhere.
0: <laughs> Until I took a shot. Hey, mate, <laughs> you scored some wieldies in there. Anyway, let's not get off topic, right? So, Alad. <laughs> The wonder boy on the right wing.
2: You going left wing or you going Cam? I'll go Cam. I'll go across. So my central attacking midfielder, one that you could probably have a thousand guesses and you would not guess. I've gone with Krikic Bojan, former <laughs> Barcelona and Stoke player. Is that you say it? Krikic? Krikic krik, is, well, it's spelled K-R-K-I-C. Yeah. Yeah, I just—I've I'd never—I've I'd never known how to. Spell to I just know him as Boyan, yeah, to be honest. <laughs> so he currently plays for Montreal in the MLS. Uh, but I actually think that he is one of the most underrated players that I have ever watched. Uh, so he made his debut at 17 years old when uh, when he was playing for Barcelona. He actually replaced Giovanni Dos Santos in that game. I think he, he went then went on to play for Spurs. Um, but he played 104 games for Barcelona, he played for Roma 33 times, Milan 19 times, Ajax 24 times and he played in the Premier League for Stoke 74 times. And I don't think you can play for those teams but Baron Stoke without um, being a great player. But even when he played for Stoke, he was their best player by a mile and I f- I always found him exciting to watch. You know, he was one of those players who could take players on with skill, he could pass, he could finish. Um, yeah, I think I think he actually did make one appearance for Spain as well before he then switched to Catalonia for a few games.
0: I think with with Bojan, like you said, he, he appeared for all those teams and he's one of those players where he was so hotly tipped yeah. to, to be the new Messi because they're very similar in their playing styles, very similar in their size. They even have the same haircut, to be fair. Yeah, they look similar. Yeah. yeah. So I think when Bojan broke through, everyone was like, oh, this guy is going to be the next thing. So then when he left Barca, and like you said, went to Roma, Ajax and all of them, and Milan, they were all taking a punt on him on the off chance that he became that player. If that makes sense. And then he never really worked out for him, did it? But I agree with what you say. He's obviously an excellent player and technically so gifted. Just one of those players where it's what could have been, you know? Yeah. could have been that world-beater. just yeah. never really worked out for him. Yeah. Well, one
1: thing... I- one thing we do know, though, is he can do it on a cold, wet, rainy night. So.
0: <laughs> Therefore, better than Messi. There you go.
1: Exactly. We know that Messi yeah. can't... Well, we don't know that Messi can't do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, rate, I rate Bojan. He was um, always a good signing on FIFA career mode when he was young. Yeah, yeah. he was. He, <laughs> was. <laughs> he was chief and his, his thing went up pretty quick. His uh, rating went up pretty quick.
2: Yeah, Bojan, good choice. Currently playing for uh, Thierry Henry. Yes. There you go, got it. I don't really know how well the Montreal are doing at the minute, but I assume they're doing better than Thierry Henry was doing at Monaco. Not hard. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) So we've got your two of your uh, sort of attacking midfielders slash the two wingers. Uh, We've got the right wing, we've got centre attacking mid, and what's your left wing?
2: So my left wing um, footballer is a player called Tom Walker who currently plays for Harrogate Town in League Two. So he started his career at Bolton, um, but when I was at the University of Salford, he was also playing for Salford City, and he was actually born in Salford as well. Um, so the fans absolutely loved him. Um, so I had, yeah, I had a season ticket, um, so I went to watch them pretty much every week. And yeah, he was, he was definitely by far my favourite Salford player. Again, you know, he could pass, he could cut in and shoot from the left-hand side. He's just uh, such an entertaining player to watch. Nice. I, to be honest, when you
0: first said that, I thought you meant the big yeah. Scottish singer. Yeah. I was like, I didn't know he played football. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. strike me as the kind of guy who's playing on the left wing, for sure. <laughs>
1: I love as well having having those players for like a a smaller side that like not obviously everyone would know about, but that you you watch them and you can tell that they have class. Like mm-hmm. I love that sort of thing. Like when I watch uh, players playing for Wrexham who are like better than the rest of the team, it's just there's something about something like that. Then you know that not everyone knows about them and they're obviously not a not a household yeah. name. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: The lower league is it. it has so many talented players that are just waiting for that chance to shine. So yeah, it's nice that you've put him in there. If you ever looked at this Tom Walker, shouts out to you. Hope you're doing well.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right then, so there's your supply line. Who are they all feeding the
2: ball to score the goals? Right, so I was stuck between two for my striker. Uh, so the one I didn't pick was Christian Benteke. Oof. So when I was in school, secondary school, I think it was probably around year eight or nine at the time, I had this really weird obsession with Christian Benteke. Um, like, how well, weird I- we talking? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you know where he <laughs> lives? <laughs> maybe, okay, maybe not that weird. But every time, like on the school playground, or when when I scored a goal or something, I just screamed the word uh, Benteke. <laughs> and I even like uh, so we had to do an art project in year nine, and it was just a portrait of any person that we could choose from. And I did one of Benteke, and I was so scared of getting it wrong that I made sure I put every single detail. It took me weeks and weeks and weeks. And it actually did look like him in the end. Um, But yeah, I even bought Aston Villa shirts and everything. It it sounds
0: sounds a lot like you didn't pick him because there's uh, some sort of lawsuit against you with Christian (laughs) Benteke.
2: I didn't pick him because he he broke my heart and smashed it into a million pieces when he went to uh, Liverpool. Nice.
0: And I also got a restraining order on you, which I imagine was quite hard for you at the time.
2: <laughs> have, you, have you got that uh, piece of art to... to no. To up? <laughs> no yeah. We need a picture of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have no idea where it is. Um, but anyway, the, so the striker that I did choose, I would be very shocked if any of you have heard of him because he, he, um, he actually doesn't exist in real life. Uh, his name is Matteo Minviel, he, and he is a French striker, um, as a regent on Football Manager that I have had. <laughs> Matteo what? <laughs> Matteo Minviel. Minviel spent M-I-N-V-I-E-L-L-E. Matteo <laughs> Minviel, yeah. and he is by far, in my um, managerial career, the best player I've ever coached. Well, there um, you go. Just yeah. to
0: just, just point out for those that aren't well-versed in the world of Football Manager, Harry actually isn't a football manager, this is a computer game and the regen is when you get to a certain point in the game where the game stops supplying real players
2: because they're too old and has to invent players for you to play with. I actually did have a coaching qualification though, I did my junior leaders when I was about 17 or 18. Has that helped you on football manager? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, uh, so, Matteo Minviel, he was 18 years old when I signed him for Man United in the 2022-23 season and signed him for 96 million. And since then, he has gone on to play 305 times and scored 208 goals and fit, got 52 assists in the Premier wow. League. And Where did you sign to... him from for that much? It was a French team. <laughs> I think it was <laughs> FC N- Nantes, Nantes? Nantes? however you say it. I've seen well, they got a good payday, didn't yeah. they?
0: Yeah. Definitely not Nantes. Apologies to any French listeners. <laughs> Including your fiancé, Drew. <laughs> my fiancé, yes. Shouts out to Alinka production team. She is French for anyone who doesn't know that. So I can, so, yeah. I can pronounce some words and I can tell you that it is definitely not Nantes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, um, I've actually now moved on to Football Manager 2021. Um, uh, so uh, it's actually a very sad time for me because I know that I'm never going to... Um, get to use Matteo Minviel ever again. Well, this podcast can be dedicated
0: in memoriam to your <laughs> regen of Matteo Minviel. Rest in peace, Matteo. <laughs> that is actually
1: a first on the podcast then. The first player that doesn't actually exist. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, you said you wanted to kind of obscure players. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm
1: absolutely up for it, yeah. Yeah, we're
0: absolutely here for it. You've isolated um, the listeners over the age of Forty, I reckon, they're all like, what the heck's he on about? Yeah, but <laughs> hey, that's fine.
2: I mean, where do you go from Mateo Minviel if you're looking for a goal off the bench? Right. Um, I think you mentioned it briefly earlier, but Sam Volks is my super sub. Ooh, yes. I, I could not I could not put anyone else in there purely from that game on the on the first of July in two thousand and sixteen where he came on in the 80th minute when we were 2-1 up in the quarterfinals of the Euros against Belgium. And uh, as as you mentioned, um, Chris Ginter had the ball on the right-hand side after a really nice pass uh, from James Chester. And yeah, Chris Coleman screamed, don't cross that fucking ball, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, the rest is history. Yeah, Do you, know, yeah, you know I remember? Although I believe that Hal Robson-Kanu's goal was probably the yeah, the moment of the game, uh, that uh, Sam Vokes goal gave me such a warm feeling inside. I was I was actually crying my eyes out like afterwards, and I, I'd say that's the happiest I've ever been in my life.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 also with the with the Hal Robson-Kanu goal, he scored it, and yeah, it was an incredible goal. The absolute. Scenes when that happened, but you still had that little sort of doubt in your. What yes. I know, I did. I'm assuming most Wales fans did in their in their minds that you know this actually might still might not happen, and then when that goal went in, you, it was just like relief, like yeah. absolute jubilation. Everything I remember because I remember I cried after that. Absolutely,
2: well, it was it was weird because we were winning two one in the uh, 80th minute, and you know obviously we didn't want to concede, so they bring on a striker. So um, <laughs> but the only thing I could I kind of like assume is that they wanted to, to bring him on so he could like hold the ball up, shield the ball, you know, take it to the corner and things like that to try and waste time. Um, but obviously the um, result turned out better than we expected when we saw him coming on. Yeah. Roger.
0: Big Sam Vokes, not known for a, a, being a goal scorer to be honest. For example for Wales, he's played what 64 times. I think he scored 11 goals for Wales, which isn't the best return you ever get from a striker, but he's, he's decent. That header, he's all one of those players that promises so much and you look at him and you think he can score headed goals for days, and then he just doesn't.
2: Well, I think he scored something like 55, 56 goals for Burnley um, in his time there. He
0: did, but he did play 230 games. Oh, <laughs> And then Fair for enough. Stoke, he's been there a couple of seasons, 53 games, eight goals.
1: That, uh, yeah, for a striker, for an out and out striker, that's not the greatest return,
0: is it's it? It's not, but like you said, cult Welsh hero, yeah, forever in our memories for that amazing header against Belgium. Yeah, now I didn't see the commentary because I was watching it in Italy, so as previously mentioned, but when I got home, like how many months later, I instantly wanted to watch the highlights with the commentary because I was like, oh, I wonder what the commentary was like on that Wales Belgium <laughs> game. And then the Robbie Savage commentary when Sam Vogt scores that header, he's like, Wake up, you kids! Something special
2: is happening tonight.
0: <laughs> I don't rate Robbie Savage as a commentator very much, but that was an iconic piece yeah. of commentary from uh, yeah. Robbie there. Thank
1: <laughs> okay. you. Right, so that's your team and your super sub. So Harry, what we're going to do is going to have a quick break and then we'll go on to your manager kit stadium. Right then, Harry, we've got your favorite 11 uh, plus your super sub, but we need someone to bring that team together and manage them. So who is your manager?
2: Right. So again, I was stuck between two people on this. So I was stuck between Sir Alex Ferguson and myself. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But to help myself decide with this one, I I actually thought, um, you know, when you've got the greatest manager of all time, Um, and one of your choices, you can't really choose the other one. So for that reason, I've gone with myself.
1: I knew, I knew that was coming. I knew
2: that was coming. (laughs) So um, if every manager in the world used my tactics, signed the same type of players as I do, I believe they would all improve their teams. My track record on Football Manager clearly shows that I'm one of the best in the history of game.
0: Well, that... (laughs) So when you say the game, do you mean the video game or the actual- I mean, I mean foot, the game of football. All right, well.
1: I mean, there was, there was that guy who got a job as a manager from his football manager uh, resume, wasn't there? Which was weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I once applied for the Wrexham job with my resume from football manager. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get a job.
2: Yeah. So the only difference between people like me and people like Sir Alex Ferguson and Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola is the actual coaching qualification. Everything else is. Sell. Harry, <laughs> now, I
0: don't know how many of our friends listen to this podcast, but if they do, you are going to get absolutely rinsed for this bit. Oh, I'm used to getting rinsed for everything I say. <laughs> oh, anyway, you've got to back yourself. You've got to back yourself. Yeah. And actually, actually uh, any particular highlights from your managerial career that you'd
2: like to highlight as why you are the best?
1: Well, Matteo uh, Minvial, probably.
2: Yeah, he's, uh, he's won me numerous Champions Leagues, uh, numerous Premier Leagues. Uh, over the years and um, actually I have um, started on my um, new football manager on this one so I'm actually now the manager of Wrexham George would probably be pleased hey. and do you know what something that will please you even more is that um, we've got seven games to get four points to win the league
1: love it <laughs> if only that was real
2: <laughs> so when did the new one come out uh, it comes out on the 26th of, or 27th of November right so you're playing I'm on the sorry, beta this is it. I'm playing on the beta. Yeah. Yes. How how
0: long have you been playing it? Uh, about a week. Okay, I was going to say <laughs> if you've you've gone through a whole season in a week, so that's not that too bad. But I thought you were going to say a day. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I probably have gone through a season in a day on previous ones. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All in good time, eh? Yeah. Right. And, well, that means you're the first person to appear in two teams. Me? Once as a player and now as a manager in your own. Team. <laughs> Got to back yourself. I rate that. Many people might disagree. <laughs> so, that's, that's my favorite team. There you go. That's true. Yeah. It's no one else's favorite team. Uh, so, we can see you now. Obviously, is, again, I've said this in a previous podcasts, but this is an audio format. So, nobody else can see you. However, myself and George can see that you're wearing a lovely Sao Paulo FC shirt. So, with that in mind, I know for a fact you own quite a few obscure kits. What
2: is your favorite kit that this team will be playing in? Well, it is that very kit that you mentioned. Uh, So this is a Sao Paulo training top from the early 90s. Um, I got it from the classic football shirt shop in Manchester. Um, And it's probably my, it probably is my favorite shop. I could spend hours and hours in there. Absolutely. uh, Yeah, it's good, isn't it? (laughs) But I've tried searching online for this top. I've tried like but I cannot, for the life of me, find out the exact date that it's from. I can't, I can't even find an exact top like this. It's the, so it's the only one that I've ever actually seen. So it's a, for the people who can't actually see it, it's a white top that has a um, kind of a white, black, and like kind of maroony colored pattern that goes from the left shoulder down to the right side of the waist. And it kind of covers the whole of the right side of the chest area and the right kind of shoulder area. And um, I, I honestly love it. I, I love kind of like retroy shirts. I actually wore it to um, Parklife a couple of years ago, and I got a few people uh, randomers, just complimenting it as well. Um, but I, yeah, I absolutely love it. It does look like it would go nice with a bucket hat. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it does look like a very festival top, doesn't
0: it? I also like. I also like any kit that's
1: uh, that kind of collar as well. Yeah, like sort of a polo shirt collar. It looks quite smart, I think.
0: Yeah, it's a very nice kit. Can't argue with that. That shouts out to the classic football shop in Manchester. Absolute heaven on Dean's Gate. So good. I've dragged anyone. If anyone's
1: in Manchester and does like their football kits, it's worth it's worth just going in there and having a look around. It's it's shouts out to
0: them. They have an amazing selection of football kits. I had to strive very hard not to spend all of my money in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Alinka, my fiancee, was um, less enthusiastic about it. She just sort of picked out the ones with the nice colours. <laughs> I was like, what about this one? I was like, that's a city shape, not having that one. What about this one? That's a Germany shape, not keen on that one, thank you. But yeah, it's an um, unbelievable place for any yeah. football fan who loves a good football shirt. So shouts out yeah. to them.
2: Kit's done. Beautiful kit that it is. Harry, where is this team playing? All right, so they are playing at the, apologies to any French people if I get the name of this wrong, but the Stade Pierre Maroy in Lille and it's the stadium that hosted the greatest game in the history of sport Wales Belgium yeah Wales Belgium, yeah, I, Wales, I, Belgium I know that's game, the, thir- the third time this has been mentioned in this, yeah. in this episode but, um, <laughs> <laughs> well I could I, I could actually say only the third time because I could have mentioned it so many more times it was um, a shaky start to the game wasn't it when nine goal scored that screamer right just to show we're impartial as well how good was that nine goal and goal? <laughs> yeah, it was it was, incre- it was incredible, incredible strike. Um, but it was at that moment when we thought, like, you, everyone was sat there, not not too disappointed because we were like, oh, we've come a lot further than we thought we would have got. Uh, we've done yeah. well. But then Ashley Williams with the header <laughs> some, somehow managed to lose his man in the box, and just, oh my god! <laughs> great Kevin De Bruyne on the post decided
0: he didn't fancy staying, staying there. Away. Comes yeah. inside for no reason. Yeah. I'm not going to complain though. <laughs> no, cheers Kev. <laughs> Very good memories for us all in that stadium. I wish we could all obviously could have been there.
1: Yeah. It would have been nice, wouldn't it? If you look at this stadium from the outside, it actually looks like a shopping centre. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Hal Robson can't send them all to the shop, so that's good.
1: Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but it, just, it, it doesn't look that much like a stadium unless you're looking at it from a bird's eye view, I guess.
0: Yeah. Nice. Well, great stadium, great choice, great memories for all of us. Yeah. Apologies to anybody who's not Welsh. To this podcast, we know we harp on about it, but trust me, <laughs> if your team ever did that from an underdog status to beat Belgium, you would be as excited as we are for the rest of your life.
2: Well, yeah, they were they were pro- they were the favourites to win it, weren't they?
0: Yep. Yeah. Right then. God, yeah.
2: So we'll
0: read back to you
2: now all of
0: your choices. Some good, some different choices, <laughs> and then we will get to the end. Do your manager kit stadium and then all that's left is for you to name the team. So, Harry, you've gone for a 4-2-3-1 formation yes. with the great Elgato Owen Quilter in goal. Your right back is Welsh legend Chris Gunter. Your centre-backs are a pairing of Marvell Wynne for his FIFA 13 card where he had 96 pace. John Terry, because he missed the penalty in the Champions League final which helped United win. And left back, you've gone for the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, for his ability to take out German people on the wing.
1: (laughs) I just (laughs) love that.
0: Right, so your two
1: (laughs) older midfielders are Paul Scores and Pirlo. On the left, we've got Tom Walker, who was your favourite player from Salford City. Uh, In the middle of that attacking three, we have Yam, And on the right, we have our teammate, Alad Osborne, the wonder boy, who is currently out in Australia, I believe, still. And up front, although I would have loved it for it to be, you know, the guy you stalked for however many years, Ben Teke, and, you know, drew a picture of him, it's not. It is a made-up player, or not a made-up player, one that football ma- uh, manager made up of, Matteo Mendiel.
0: Your super sub is Big Sam Vokes. So your super sub is Big Sam Vokes. All of these players are being managed by, in your words, the greatest manager of all time, Harry Thomas which, of course, is you. The kit is a Sao Paulo training top from the early 90s. And the stadium is the location of the famous Wales victory against Belgium, the Stade Pierre Moroy.
2: Good pronunciation there, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, you pronounced that better than I did. There you go. All that's left is to name your team. All right, so with my team, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's there's not that many players who possess great pace. There's only a couple. So the name of my team is Not Fast, Just Furious. <laughs> Great name. Love it. Love Great it. Name.
0: <laughs> that was Not Fast, Just Furious. You were Harry Thomas. This is Nostalgia FC. Thanks very <laughs> much, Harry. Thanks, Harry. You guys? It's been a pleasure. Well, never did I expect that any of the guests would put themselves as the manager of their own team.
1: Yeah, it's... uh Crazy, especially when you're up against Sir Alex Ferguson, possibly one of the greatest managers in, in football. But
0: Absolutely. And then to compare yourselves to him, Klopp, and was it Zidane, or whoever else he compared himself to, and basically said that the only difference is they have their coaching badges. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's big-headed. It's, uh, it's a bold statement. And, you know, I guess we'll never know unless he does go on to manage, you know,
0: a big side. Just to clarify as well, Harry is 22 years old, so (laughs) there's quite a lot of age gap between him and those managers he listed off as well.
1: Yeah, A lot of experience difference, isn't there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Which is very true in the team he picked as well. So obviously you've got a a few amateur players in there, you've got a few virtual players in there, and then you've got some of the greatest players of all time. What an eclectic mix.
1: And then the Prime Minister. (laughs) Just chilling on the left, left back. Yeah, that is a
0: bit of a left-wing choice. Whoa, <laughs> thank you.
1: God, that's, uh, yeah, there's a bit out there. Definitely. Honestly, honestly, I love Paul Scholes to pieces. If you ever played FIFA on whatever FIFA it was, Marvell Win is probably, you know, the rock of that team. <laughs> honestly, insane.
2: Well, I'm really
0: enjoying the fact that if you played against this team, it'd be really easy to get through the back because Harry's inclusion of John Terry slipping, it would just be any time you go near him, he'd slip. <laughs> so it'd be really easy to score yeah, against then, this team. But then Marvel win with his 96 pace. That's whatever, true. Just he'd sweep in. up and then yeah. Owen Quilter would save it anyway.
1: Yeah, true. And Boris Johnson would just take you out, red card.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. And then taxi for it. Right, so <laughs> the uh, forward line, interesting. So you've got... Amateur player, player that yeah. had it all but never really brought it all to the table, player that played in the lower leagues, and then player who was invented by football manager.
1: Yeah, and like <laughs> Ben Teke was almost in that and I, I am determined to see if we can find this picture that he drew of him that he yeah, put so need much that. detail into. We need, we need it. <laughs>
0: Knows Harry well and knows a way to find that picture, please do. Because I would love to see Harry's art skills, especially when painting Christian Benteke. (laughs) God, yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, very apparent in all of that, that Wales is a big part of Harry's life. Yeah. A lot of mentions of the Welsh football team, Chris Gunter, Sam Vokes, himself, and then obviously the stadium, (laughs) purely picked because that's where Wales beat Belgium which is uh, yeah. obviously a great memory. And we have spoke about that in length. So you won't go into that, that again. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll
1: try, we'll try and stop speaking about that game at some point. But uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: it's hard. Yeah, I do. Exactly. It's one of them, it? <laughs> But yeah, fantastic team. Well, I say fantastic mm. team. A mixed bag of a team with some yeah. great players and some not so great players. So who <laughs> are you saying is the worst player in that team?
1: <laughs> well I think it's I think it's quite obviously um, and no offence to him well actually no offence to him Boris Johnson
0: yeah <laughs> I can I can back that up. Boris Johnson not known as a sportsman especially yeah. if you've seen any clips of him as Harry mentioned in the pod there um, so yeah I back you up on that one Boris Johnson is the worst so the best
1: Um. so I was talking about how much I love him Paul Scholes and everything like that but I am not going to go for him because I'm going to go for Pirlo. Okay. Just because I think overall, Pirlo was a better player. He was, he was... I loved watching Pirlo. Just I, everything was slick about the way he played football.
0: I'm going to shock you here. Oh. I disagree. I think Paul Scholes is the best player in that team. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I do.
1: That's interesting. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair play. I think he added I... more to
0: his game than Andrea Pirlo did. Just yeah. ever so slightly. You never really saw... Andrea Pirlo banging in a volley on the full from a corner.
1: Yeah, I guess. I guess he yeah, had that sort of uh, clinical, clinical touch at the end of things. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the one thing I will say as well is, um, I can't remember too much of Pirlo defending or anything like that. But Paul Scholes, if you went in for a challenge, I remember speaking as a United fan now, if you went in for a challenge, you were absolutely grimacing whether he was gonna <laughs> he was gonna get a yellow or red, just give away a foul, or anything.
0: I think oh. that goes back to um, episode two of the podcast, your dad, and he put Nobby Styles in, and he made reference to the <laughs> fact that Nobby Styles was a huge influence on the class of 92, yeah. <laughs> which of course, Paul Scholes was in. And he's well, your studs are your best friend. That's it? it, yeah. So clearly, Paul Scholes learned all of his tackle ability from yeah. Nobby Styles.
2: Yeah,
1: you're right. <laughs> God. Which
0: I suppose has worse things to do.
1: Yeah.
0: Right, so obviously purely visual, so you couldn't see his kit, but we can vouch for it. His kit was very nice. It was very nice, It was yeah. very nice. You could, t- you could try and search Sao Paulo training top 90s, but you probably get a mixed bag of results. But it was a classic-looking kit, and it's not one that you'd see nowadays, for sure.
1: Yeah. Very nice.
0: Yeah. That was not fast, just furious. Great team name. Well, what a name, name as well. well, yeah. well what <laughs> Great <a> name. <laughs> team name, yeah. In reference to the fact that a lot of his players are quite slow, which is quite funny. Not usually what people choose in a team nowadays. Pace is obviously a big part of the game, so for Harry to openly admit that his team is slow, <laughs> quite funny but you know he uh,
1: he's the best manager in the world with not picking pacey players so we'll yeah, trust him yeah of course in yeah. Harry we
0: trust in Harry we trust <laughs> <laughs> so um, that wraps us up for another week before we go just like to point you in the direction of our social media channels Twitter and Instagram both on the handle at Nostalgia FC pod um, we're gaining a bit of a following which is nice but if you could help us share it get us out there like share subscribe all that jazz on any of the podcasting platforms you might find us. So we've got Spotify, Anchor, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Podcasts, Pocket Casts, all the big ones, all the small ones, wherever you're listening, we appreciate you. Please continue listening. Please continue sharing. Come and join us on the journey. If you're ever interested in being a guest on the podcast, we're always open to new people being guests. So yeah, we won't pay you, but you know, We're not getting paid either, so that's all right. I was going to
1: say, we're not at the stage where we're getting paid ourselves, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we really appreciate all the support you've been giving us so far, so please carry that on. So, all that remains to be said is I was Drew Hollins-Roberts. I was George Thomas. That was not fast, just furious. And what a team it was. And what a team it was.